Welcome to Lonely Girls, a podcast dedicated to examining, archiving, and applauding the loneliest girls in media and pop culture history. My name is Madeline Turner, and I am joined here today with you guys, someone who's really uh, been fighting a battle alongside me. Aww. We've been we've we've been in a war of sorts. Yeah, uh, us two on the battlefield, not not in a tent. No, not us. No. Um, but someone was. So a couple people were in tents in the middle of a battlefield. Her name is Rebecca Botter, by the way. <laughs> my 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 battle partner. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm um. I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not. I, I wasn't crying on the phone within five no. minutes of us talking no. earlier today. Um, no. Things are, things are awesome. We're thriving. We are so thriving. And our topic for this week and the subsequent reading and research that we did oh, God. Um, only made it only made life better for us. Oh, God. So today, um, Lonely Girls, with all sincerity, <laughs> with true sincerity, we are covering the third book in the Akatar series, A Court of Thorns and Roses. We are covering A Court of Wings and Ruin. Akka War. Akka War. If, if you will. And they do. They wore. So Mary, uh, Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Hail Mary um, called me and she said, I had it on the on in the background. I wasn't really listening. But then she <laughs> said, you just said, I just heard y'all say the word lore just over <laughs> and over again. And also her not listening, she's like, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but she also didn't really pay attention. And uh, it's mm-hmm. true. And Mary, and guess what? if you haven't tuned out yet. Um, yeah, guess what? This this one perhaps might be even more lore. Even more lore. Yeah, this is – so. Anyway, this is ever lore. <laughs> just, to, just to like set the tone for you guys. So well, just to set the tone, we're going to do the lonely girl moment of the week in a second. Mm-hmm. But Maddie yeah. called me spontaneously on Monday – and I answered yes. the phone and I started like laughing hysterically and it turned into like sobs because it turned into crying. I had been reading so much Akatar for the past like 24 hours. I thought I was losing my mind, truly. Yeah. And I, so I had lost my mind earlier that day. Mm-hmm. So I, I was sort of in my like, my PTSD. I hadn't full. I had. I had already fully lost it. Um, but it, I. I think it was good that we came together on Monday, two days before we were mm-hmm. recording, so we could lose our minds. Um, 
I think it, you know, it's, it's probably twofold with sort of some extended extraneous circumstances in our, in our personal lives. And also, um, the, the, the resilience and fortitude required in completing this book series. Yeah. There was a, there was sort of a delight in reading the first two, Mm -hmm. a sort of, a sort of like, what's the word? You sort of along for the ride and you're sort of willing to go where Sarah's taking you because you know that even if it's bad, it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. And this one, I felt like we got about a third of the way through the book and I realized she was not leading us anywhere good. I I think one thing I noticed is like the first book – you're like, oh, okay. And then in the second book, she goes, ha ha. And then everyone goes, yes. oh, you know, and she yeah. like, she pulled off her magic trick, you know, the trick she had up her sleeve the whole time. The twist. And then the third book comes along and she's like, oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I feel like just like no matter how many times I can see Eclipse, um, from the yeah. Twilight series, I still have yeah. no idea what happens. No idea None. what happens. You I've can read you, it and, and you I've can seen hear it this multiple times. You can hear this verbatim. You can hear this happen in real time in our Twilight New Moon Eclipse episode of both Rebecca and I recording immediately after watching and having no clue what happened. <laughs> so, and that really that felt true to the experience that we had with this book series. I, do we want to do some LG moments before we really get into yes. it? I was about to say, speaking of having no idea what just happened, um, <laughs> Maddie, what's your lonely girl moment of the week? So my lonely girl moment of the week is I am I am in a, a place in my life where I'm having – I'm sort of doing like a uh, um, – by by necessity, I am needing to like rid myself of certain extravagant pieces of furniture that I have accrued over the years. And one of my one of my like prized sort of possessions, one of like the first big purchases I made when I uh, you know started booking jobs and was very excited about the work that I was getting to do is um, if you're watching the video, you can see it in the background. If you're not watching the video, it is a large uh, sort of globe chair. And it's like a mod inspired globe egg chair that's like bright red inside. And it looks so cool. And everyone who comes over to my apartment loves it and wants to sit in it. And it was just sort of a, a symbol of an era in my life beginning. And I'm needing to sell it. And... I have chosen, you know, some 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 apps uh, on the interwebs to to sell it through. One of them being OfferUp, and in order to get like a an accurate price read on like what I should be selling this for, in order to, you know, be fair and get someone to actually buy it, and I saw I saw a picture of the chair 
listed for $45. And I won't tell you the actual price of the chair that I when I purchased it, but it was definitely nowhere near $45. And I was like, no, this cannot be like, there's no way that like, I have to, I can only get $45 for this chair. And so I click on the, the, the post and what it actually is, is a $45, like one twelfth exact replica of the chair, uh, for dollhouses. And all of a sudden I was filled with this sense of, with the sense of hope because I know, I know now that when I sell the chair, when I have to get rid of it, I can, for the low, low price of $45, purchase a dollhouse sized version of it to keep with me as sort of, um, a token, mm-hmm. a token of, of a time and an era. So that was my, that was my lonely girl moment. I, I think that's a really good one. And my dream is to one day buy um, both Cap and Cal matching cat, cat size. Cat size globe. Even if yes. it doesn't work um, or it doesn't exist, I will pay someone handsomely yeah, um, to create for it. the boys to have matching egg chairs. Yes. It's a very good moment of the week. And I think mine in connection is quite similar in its simplicity, which I think since we're going to be covering quite an epic, um, I think we should keep it pretty simple. And um, Maddie and I are in different but similar stages of kind of being knocked down to the bottom Mm -hmm. of a ladder that we Mm. thought we had really ascended. Yeah. But as the bottom of a library, you know, Um, but the cauldron says no. No. Yeah. and uh, we've been plunged into the cauldron, and yeah, soon we yeah. will emerge. Beautiful yeah. Fay, hi Fay. Yeah. No, but um, I was in. Uh, I have I have two days off, famously. Not usually, I have I have one day off, but um, this week I had two, and I my job is pretty stressful right now, and so I'm trying to be very protective of my time off. Mm-hmm. And famously, um, I have a work wife, and she is the love of my life. And, um, and I love her so much. And she told me she will never listen to this podcast. I have, today was my last day off before going back into my very stressful job. And, uh, my work wife, uh, actually quit today officially. Mm. And, um, my boss was asking me, I was telling Maddie about this before we started. My boss was like, Hey, like, can you send this email? Can you this and this? And I just texted her in a thrift store you know, with my little vintage blouses in hand, just crying, just being like, I'm not in a very good headspace. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like crying, you know, surrounded yeah. by the, the like, you know, the Sheehan knockoffs in the back of a oh, warehouse. Yeah. Very oh, lonely yeah. girl. Um, I found some really cute stuff. I'm very pleased. But anyways, I feel like crying in the thrift store Crying in a thrift store is a very, that's really, very, that's lonely. very lonely girl. Yeah. And being that, overwhelmed in a thrift store yeah. is, um, it's a canon event. It's a canon. Um, we can't stop it. But yeah, I think that really, sadly, those two moments really express perfectly these little. Exactly what we're going through like, right now. Exactly. And it's, but do you know what, Maddie? Do you oh, know Rebecca. what, like, I've been looking forward to for like, like a few days and it's really been really been hauling me through some hard days 
Um, tell me, Rebecca. Uh, talking what have you to you about Akatar. To? <laughs> talking yeah, to you about Akatar. Talking 3. to you about this book series, and I think you know we're often united by the things that we love as human beings. We are united by the things we mutually love. But as human beings, another thing we're really united in is things that um, become our enemies, a mutual enemy, a scapegoat, if you will. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I felt, I feel like the real twist with this book series is um, how quickly we turned on it (laughs) in terms of our our ability to (laughs) To stomach it to stomach it when when you at what point i guess in the book series did you feel did i stop um, did you did you feel like the sense of dread well i the moment so it was quite dull and we'll get into the plot synopsis, but it was quite dull, but understandably dull for about a hundred or so pages. And then mm-hmm. anyone that knows the book, then yeah. it gets interesting again. But okay, Maddie, can you guess the moment though in this book that I snapped? That I was just like, I'm done and I feel like I'm losing my mind. I can, um, I can tell you. Was it in a library? No. <laughs> I think it was before that. Was it, um, was it, oh, I don't know. It's, was it at a dinner table? No, no. it is, it is when Feyre. Oh, <laughs> is it, is it, um, is it when, she, does it involve someone painting? No, Maddie, <laughs> we're so not in sync right now. It's when she oh goes down on Reese in a tent while everyone is dying around them. So on that note, you guys, we're <laughs> going to get into summarizing. Let's talk about this fucking book. <laughs> when we last left our our, our bat boys and girls, Farah mm-hmm. had fallen in love with her captor, her, her feminist king, Resand, and had aligned herself with Night Court, with the Night with Court. With the Night Court. With the Night With court. her found family. Oh, her found family in the Night Court. And a the baddie of all baddies, the King of Highburn, mm-hmm. in order to, I guess... Does he have a name? Oh, he doesn't have a name. He doesn't even have a name. Doesn't... Neither does her dad. <laughs> he doesn't even have a name. So, and 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 in our first book, there's a, her original love, Tamlin, mm-hmm. wants to get Feyre back so badly because he thinks she's been kidnapped by feminist King Rhysand. Mm-hmm. The most that beautiful made, man that she had ever seen. The most beautiful man she's ever seen. He makes a deal with the king of Highburn and kidnaps her two human her two mortal sisters and basically lures Feyre to this where the cauldron is mm-hmm. this this proverbial cauldron that 
I don't, I don't even want to get into the fucking, I don't even want to get into like the, um, the, the ex machina that this cauldron is Oh, the everything and nothing that this cauldron is Mm -hmm. capable of doing. And her sisters, Nesta, her bitch sister, Nesta and her dumb sister, Elaine are turned into high fae. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she, she manages, uh, she decides that she is going to go undercover and go back with Tamlin so she can implode the spring court from the inside out. Yes. And so that's where we leave the book. So Nesta and Elaine are with Resand and the Bat Boys and the Found Family. Mm-hmm. And Feyre is pretending to be happy that she's back in the spring court with Tamlin. Mm-hmm. The less beautiful man she's ever seen. Yeah, the second. So now we're going to play a little game, Maddie, called mm. Favor's reaction and Rebecca's reaction. So right. like how I would handle it. So so, right. so Feyre is like pretending to paint, but on the inside she's like, I actually would like to stab this this paintbrush through everyone's eyes or like they mention something and she's like, I smile coyly, but on the inside rages in me. Feyre has become the angriest woman I have ever met. And what I would be doing is just, I would just be very stressed out. That's really the end of the game. But Feyre has so much bubbling rage inside of her. It's, yeah, it's crazy. And so it is crazy. And, uh, uh, you know, props to her for uh, being filled with strategy and ideas in a way that she's never exhibited before, (laughs) but in a way that we, that we, the audience had no prior understanding of and doing what she has to do in order to bring poor Tamlin like down. And I will say he didn't go about it in the best way. No. He made a deal with a bad man so he could get her back. But Jesus Christ, this this man is the cuck of all cucks. He is just, I mean, this poor, pathetic, beautiful fairy, beast fairy. So, So, okay, one thing that was established in the first book is he's like, I never wanted to be the high lord. I didn't want to be the high lord. I didn't want to be the high lord. The high lord. I really, really didn't want to do it. And now everybody is like, you are so bad at this. And honestly, he did a pretty good job, all things considered. All he wanted was to like be a general. Okay, think about it. Mm -mm -mm. Head general dude. That's what Tamlin wanted to do. We're not like trying to defend Tamlin, but I just feel like it's more complicated. Okay, let's imagine Cassian. Cassian became High Lord for some reason, you know, when he was a young gentleman. Do you think he would have gotten weird and protective and angry? Yeah, I think think all the men in this story are the same shady, like shades and spectrums of like – like strong and hot and like powerful. And jokey. And intelligent and – and so therefore they can do whatever they want 
whenever it suits them best with little to no consequences. And I think that's the tough thing with Tamlin is like he did what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. And unfortunately, Sarah J. Moss did not find him to be hot or sexy enough to be redeemable as a character at all. Yeah. One character I think we should touch in on because this does sort of become like their book and like their arc is is Tamlin's right-hand man, Lucian. Mm-hmm. Lucian, uh, who is not gay. No. Famously. Surprise. Famously. He actually famously had a lover not- um, that was murdered uh, that we yeah. discussed in the first book. But um, it's awesome. So Lucian is like on to Farah. And also, he's like not happy with what Tamlin did. He's like, ooh, like my bestie, my like my bestie, but my boss isn't exactly being the best guy. And this, I I can tell something's up with Farah. My favorite thing that she does do is utilize the only thing that she has as a as a skill, I guess, or like an asset her um, affection and sexuality. And she does attempt to drive a wedge between Lucian and Tamlin by making Tamlin believe that her and Lucian are like romantically involved. Uh, do you know, do you know what's a little sad? It, it took like her third time doing it for me to catch on what she was trying <laughs> to do. And she's like, yes, and now that I've done it four times and I'm like, time. four? Like, oh, Four? Oh, the – Yes. Yes. The time spent in the spring court is particularly dull. Yeah. And because you you sort of know where this is headed to a certain degree and you don't really feel like the stakes are all that high. Yeah. You do get introduced to a few characters like a, you know, a sort of um, – Cersei Lannister, Cersei Jamie Lannister. She's already in um, Ianthe. No, 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 no. Um, the incest twins. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The creepy twins. Yes. The, the creepy incest twins who are just there for a reason. Yeah. They're just there. They're just there for a little bit, and like maybe they like eat someone or like get eaten. I like yeah. really like don't even remember. Don't. And then there is Ianthe, who is Tamlin's like girl bestie like ultimate pick me girl like sexual predator in a in a weird way the worst just the worst and uh, like hijinks ensue essentially we are mercifully moving on from the spring court and Farah being pretending to be she's in her spy era she's in her spy era she runs away and she brings Lucian with her and well Lucian wants to go well Lucian is like he's like take me with you because Lucian realized when he saw Elaine the dumb sister that oh yes mate is Elaine and let me he, just the mating the mating bond was activated, was activated. with Farah's sister Elaine, <laughs> and so he I mean uh, everything that he could ever want to do is be around Elaine, and he's gonna die. <laughs> he's gonna he's going to like 
commit treason yeah. for his mate. Anything to be around Elaine. And during this yeah. time, while they're running away, he finds out that she is engaged to another and a human mortal. mortal who hates and he face. takes it like really seriously because I feel like if <laughs> I was Lucian, I'd be like, oh man, that's like really hard for her because now yeah. she's like gone through multiple traumatic experiences, is living in another universe. So that's probably not yes. a thing. And then he's like, oh no. no. And I'm like, no, I, I this really, is about me. I don't really think that like you should be that concerned about Grayson. Like he's a human and not Grayson. Since then she's changed species. I think you're yeah, gonna be she's okay. got pointy ears now. <laughs> she's got it. So they're on the they're on the run. And um, oh, Farah loses her powers, Farrah, which I think was the only tolerable uh, part of this book was when Farah did uh, not have okay. her magical super Bella Swan. Her, her like, like Jesus powers. Y'all, Maddie and I were texting about it. One of the things that's so hard to stomach in this is once like her and Reese kind of become like power couple to end all power couples, they're unstoppable in a way that yeah. is so boring. Like, yeah. Oh my so, gosh. So boring. They just, they're like, what will we do? And she's like, don't worry. I just use my mind powers. And I told her to break her own hand. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, it, that was like, oh, okay. Oh, no, don't worry. I just like burnt everything to the ground. Yeah. And you're like, oh, don't, is your soup too hot? Don't worry. I used my powers to 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 cool it down to the perfect temperature. Yeah, it's like, oh, am I about to be attacked? Don't worry. I'm just going to say through the bond to my mate that I'm in danger and then someone will be here in five seconds. Like it's – If I never have to hear the word mate ever again, I got, I'll die happy. I got pretty sick of it. It's, it's, I had to delete, I had to delete Postmates. Ugh. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't see <laughs> no more. So I, I couldn't see it anymore. So, okay. So they're on the run. They're on the run. And her and Lucia are on the run. They're being chased by his brothers. Okay. So here's a little thingy. The girlies aren't going to like this. I think a redemption arc is coming for Eris. Um, yeah. The older, totally. right? Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's described as handsome too many times, but um, yeah. So Eris is <laughs> Lucian's older brother, and he was like engaged to to more one of the found family yeah. girls, and it's yeah. just this whole thing. So, anyways, they're on the run. She reveals, "I have powers." Everyone's like, "Whoa, I'm his." She, mate. she shows her tats. Yeah. She shows her tats. She, she gets tatted she, up. She tats up. And then she's also, and I'm the queen of night court. And everyone's like, ha ha, like so much plot is happening. And then found family, Cassian shows up and everyone shows up. Just like the 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 wings. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. The all is lost moment. And, oh, at this point, like, Farah didn't like Cassian was really wounded. He like broke all of his wings or whatever. And Farah didn't know if he was like alive or not. So like she's also like, yay, Cassian's alive. Thank God. Thank God. And she's she oh, when she loses her powers, she loses the ability to talk to Reese through the through the bond. She can't text him anymore. He's not picking up he's not picking up the calls. Yes, and then she can't talk to Reese. Reese is freaking out, and then it's once yeah. the food is fading away, 
when she's yeah, on the, the red. fade the fade dust okay, or whatever. Also, what no offense, but she's like, even my apple was poisoned. <laughs> These twins need a raise <laughs> because they were so busy sprinkling they any food poisoning. that might be leaving Master Chef at all times. They're just constant. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Faybane? Is that what it's called? Faybane? Faybane. Faybane. So she gets poisoned with Faybane, yeah. so she loses her powers. But then she, like, it starts to fade. She starts to get it back just as, just, just as like, the ice is about to melt or freeze. I don't fucking remember. And then, Maddie, and, do you know what I think it's time for? Uh, an ex machina. An, an ex machina. <laughs> Uh, an excess machina an is excess what machina. I is what I is what I would call it. The boys arrive. She gets her powers back. Bat boys arrive. Um, they fight Lucian's brothers. They bring Lucian. Um, and 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 it's established that like she's she tells everyone she's a high lady. She's which isn't a real thing, but now she because she has the tats to prove it. Now her word. She is basically like equal to resand in terms of what she can uh, request from her her court i guess her found family also her employees and and also killing her would have much larger ramifications now yes. like the autumn court guys now yeah. know it's a way bigger so deal like, to kill so her. yeah so they can't kill her because it there's a whole system of checks and balances in this feudal system, this fairy feudal system. We get back to Valaris. We get back to the condo. Everyone's there. It's like a super fun, like quirky time with all of our fun, sassy little men and women. And then Resand, who went far away, and was so terrified that something was going to happen to Farah. He comes back. Everyone, everyone leaves the room because these two haven't seen each other for like two months, and they like they have to, um, they have to fuck. They have they to just, get they it have on. Have to. So you and I are connoisseurs mm-hmm. of the written word. And it's porniness. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you enjoy the way that Sarah writes smut? No. Um, I don't at all. I I think like – And I feel bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would be lying to say like my heart beats don't change at all. Um, Where I go and I, I go it? like, ooh. But I, I feel no need like – just being real with the girlies, there are some of like my favorite like scenes out there from some of my favorite books, and I have reread them. Yeah, some very yeah. good ones. Uh, Never really absolutely. felt the desire to reread a Sarah J. Mass, and especially the smut in this one. I preferred the second. Um, yeah, deeply preferred the second one. Because there was tension. Because there was tension. You know? There was tension. There were stakes. There were stakes. There were like, it was like, ooh, it's it's like, ooh, like, what are we, what are we, what are we doing? Like, and and being able to convey sort of 
the confusion uh, because it's once you bring in and, and once you bring in the mating bond the great comfort of the mating bond is you are my person i never have yeah. to doubt that you're my person i'll never have to doubt that like uh in any i, I mean one thing I do enjoy that Sarah talks about is like maybe just because it is your mate doesn't mean it this is the right person for you per se. But it right. but at least in Reese and Feyre's account situation, they are yeah. absolutely the right people for each other. And I think this and first smut scene with one another. Yeah, and I first I think the first smut scene of the third book, we're supposed to get this relief because they're finally back together. But I yeah. just like Without the stakes being there of like them kind of not sure what's going on, it, it was just watching just, like people who really loved each other have a really uh, like lovely time. And yeah, I don't, that's, that just like didn't, it was nice. Yeah. But it didn't really like they wet had my fun. whistle. I'm glad they had fun. I, and then also now I have noticed. We get a scene, we get a steamy scene, and then immediately something terrible happens. Yeah, um, I just it, want the yeah, fans exactly. to know that because it really just means something. Because then something it's supposed to make horrible. us extra sad. But it was like, yeah, no. But it was going so it was so well. It was. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I was excited for about this book that did not pay off was I was really excited to see the characters of Nesta and mm-hmm. Elaine get fleshed out. Yeah. And kind of you, it, the, the sort of stakes and the, the stakes that you got with the second book with Feyre and sort of her journey and her relationships, I was hoping that we were going to get a sort of a new perspective, a new story with Nesta and Elaine. Mm-hmm. We, of course, once Feyre and Reese have boned themselves to death, then she's like, oh, right, I do have to go see my sisters. Mm-hmm. I should go see them. I haven't seen them since they were thrown into a cauldron and turned into immortal beings. Um, and they're at this house, another house somewhere far away. And we learned that like things aren't going great for them, especially not for Elaine. Nesta in her lovely, you know, in her lovely ways is being even more horrible than she normally is. And I don't even think, listen, you and I are fans of a scary girl. Oh, like we've, we've talked about this recently. We love scary girls. We, we are drawn to girls who are like, yeah, like as in our friend group, we have heard about some of our nearest and dearest friends. Like, I was, I was like really scared when I met so and so, or like I'm really yeah. intimidated by your friend. Da da da. We have, we both have collected many friends that p- other people would describe as scary. We love a scary girl. And Nesta, to me, at certain points is insufferable Mm -hmm. with her meanness it's just like how and and I think the sort of like the way that everyone just like sort of like ooh, like steps around it but then also kind of like is like mean to her Mm -hmm. like she's mean but then they're like kind of cruel Mm -hmm. like they're mean and like in um in really like kind of like upsetting ways to her. 
Um, and Elaine has absolutely lost her mind. Like Elaine is traumatized in a way that like makes everyone worried. And she's, I mean, she can't do anything. She but can't handle anything. Do you know what she is though? Pretty. What? She's pretty. So. Oh, right. Sorry. She's, I, in, so it's okay. With every description she, of like, she was looking out of the window. I'm not sure if any her, thoughts are going through her head because she's so traumatized on okay. what she went through. She is still as beautiful as ever, if not even yes. more beautiful. More beautiful. She's <laughs> hearing voices and screaming constantly with her beautiful brain mm -hmm. but lucian, lucian. This, this is sort of lucian 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 has formed a mating bond with elaine and he is like he's lost his mind over her and she just wants nothing to do with him mm -mm. it is such a tragic situation and you're sort of hoping that it does you know, it's an arc in itself. And I, you know, there, I could be really interesting to see them, you know, get to know one another mm -hmm. and become important and valued and like, and really do fall in love with one another outside of the mating bond, especially with someone who, like Lucian, is very untrusted in the found family. He's mm -hmm. like enemy. And he's only there because Fair is the high lady. And she's like, you can't be mean to my friends. They're my family. Which they're my found, the found family. family. Which she's obsessed the with. The found family is very much do y'all remember the musical y'all did your senior year? And everyone in that cast, you were like, this is everything. And I will never love anything more than these people. And yes. and then like the show closes on a Sunday matinee. You all go mm -hmm. to like you go to IHOP or um, you go to Denny. Denny's Perkins to celebrate, and uh, then you never speak again. Yeah. The Found Family gives off such theater kid energy. Yes. Um. Oh my God, that is what it is. Mm -hmm. They are such theater kids and there is this sort of like Sarah describes this scene this dinner scene which I think would probably be really fun and indulgent for anybody who was like oh, I love these characters where it's the whole the it's the whole gang minus Elaine because she can't do anything because she's busy hearing voices and like I don't know being catatonic um so it's everyone including Nesta including Lucian and it's this sort of like Lucian being like all prim and proper and being like, what? The high Lord doesn't sit at the head of the table. And they're like, no, <laughs> no, bro. Like we just, uh, we just dig in and we eat and we're, and we're cool and we're family and we're equals. <laughs> but if I told you, to slit your own throat in front of me, you would do it because I'm the high lord. Yeah. And that is the hierarchy. What I thought was interesting was the relationship between Amrin, who is like mean and bad and like a sort of demonic spirit inside the body of a high fae. Mm -hmm. I must have missed that. And Nesta. 
because Amrin is like, she's like seated at this sort of this little powwow. And she's like, she's like looking at Nesta and she's like, you have so much anger inside of you. Again, someone who just recently got turned into a high fae who is so powerful. Nesta's so, so powerful. I wonder if this will, you know, come back in and affect the story in a in a very convenient way. Real fast, Maddie, let's go through. So the found family, they don't change personalities at all. And maybe that's because no. they're a billion years old. But Amrin or Amrin, who um, I know that all the high fae are supposed to be stunningly gorgeous, but they were like short, dark hair with like a wicked look on their face. And Amrin yeah. to me is 100% the like – the, the teacher that leads the field trip in the Lizzie McGuire movie. Um, <laughs> that is who I've been Wait, imagining the whole Alex, Alex Borstein. Yeah. <laughs> For me, like, I kid you not. And I'm fine That's with so it. so funny. I, no, honestly, I would could love – Could you imagine her with, like, her high little, yes. like, collar jacket yes. stomping around? She would do that a would great be job. So- fun she'd do an amazing job if these people didn't have to be stunningly beautiful we could fan cast this in such a fun way but okay so Amrin is like Amrin is uh all powerful and evil more is all powerful and blonde um she's like a cool girl like more is just like a cool girl I feel like more is like if 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 you want to um, make the argument that Sarah J. Moss hates women, you're like, no, 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 no. We have this character, Moore, who's just such a cool, fun girl. And and she's like besties with all these boys, but it's like not a threat. No. It's like not a threat at all. No. So I guess I'm just – I'm giving you my fan cast. Is she's Quinn from Glee? Um, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Do you get um, it? Di- Di- Diana. 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 Yeah. So she's like. Yeah. Like totally. she's like a girl's girl, but also she's so hot, but she knows she is, and it's not a threat. Yeah. And then Cassian. Yeah. Cassian is the general, and he's all powerful and army, and yeah. um, and then Asriel is all powerful is and spy. quiet and a spy. Yeah, so he's and a spy. A spy. So and then uh, Reese is the most beautiful man man she's, she's ever, ever seen. seen. So that's how that that's the that's, found family. That's the found family. So we have um, all powerful, wicked, all powerful girl, cool girl, all powerful army, and all powerful spy, quiet spy. Yes. And one thing to mention is Cassian. Like, wow, like, not in, like, kind of, like, a bizarre, also convenient way. He, like, can't stop staring at Nesta. He just, like, every time she's in the same room as him, he looks like he, like, wants to die with longing. Um, And she hates him because he couldn't keep Elaine safe. And and even though, like, his wings got ripped to shreds during, you know, their cauldron transformation. It's still his fault. I it's it is his fault. I do. It's it, a, and Nesta should be mad at him. See, the weird thing is, is I, I like I understand that the found family has like are, are super one note, but I do actually individually, except for more. I don't really care. 
I don't really care about her. I don't. I do like the boys, but I think part of it is because um, your cat, Cap, I imagine <laughs> yeah. Cassian is Cap. Yeah. You know, he's like Absolutely. a little dumber and just kind yeah. of, you know. He's like, little we, Nesta? Uh, you're the prettiest girl I've ever seen. Nesta, I don't have a big crush on you, but why won't you I come don't... and twain with me in the morning? Uh, Nesta, do you maybe want to give me a little kiss? <laughs> That's cool. I don't really want one. Yeah. So we stay kind of in this mode for a little bit. And there is there is this sort of over – so like, like war is going to happen. 200 pages, Maddie. I don't know what. So, like, war is going to happen. So, like, like the king of Highburn has this like massive army, and he has declared war. He's like, you know, the wall is going to come down, and he's going to like take over the mortals. And oh, I do think something that was clarified to me because in our last episode, I was like, "What is the king's plan?" But he wants to take over the mortal realm and turn them into slaves mm-hmm. because the the kingdom of Highburn operated for a very long time with like the economy with like slave economy essentially, and so like there was all this like wealth and production within the realm of Highburn because they used mortal humans as servants and slaves so they want to do that again and so our and our our found family the inner circle which is the canon name for them but by the way i like found family better i like found family i like found circle uh the the found family it is their quest to unite all the different courts of prithian to uh, get together and the only way they're going to be able to defeat the king of highburn is if all the fairies work together and oh my gosh like wouldn't you know it I, th- that's just the craziest thing in the world that's cr- that's crazy and it's and it's bad and that means that tamlin also has to agree to help fight to, to unite um, with the, the different courts and fight the King of Highburn. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, he had actually worked with Highburn at the end of the second book to get yeah. Feyre back. And famously, Feyre didn't stay really back. Didn't. Yeah, um, because she was, she was being a spy. <laughs> she was a spy. She's been, she's been a spy. So a lot of – let me just so, say this. Let me just say this. Even in the best of series, the series that I love the most, like a Chronicles of Narnia, a Lord of the Rings, a Harry Potter, do you want to know what the least interesting part of those books is to me? No. The battles. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Because at that point, at that point, nothing really matters. It doesn't matter what people are feeling or thinking. It's just like who has big army, who has big thing to to have, who has more. Mm-hmm. And whoever has more, 
wins and and lots of people die and and also sometimes it's not who has more sometimes it's like oh we don't have more but we're still gonna win in a in a cookie way and I think like one thing I said to Maddie when we first started speaking before the pod is I'm so confused because this people were telling me like oh the smut oh the sexy sexy time and I'm like what is wrong with you people like you're reading these oh, sorry that sounds mean but just there's so much <laughs> violence happening and everybody yeah, it's the whole time really is like smut 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 and smut. i'm like it's but, like but there's so much else happening too there's so much happening and also i was i was so not compelled by any of this i i did enjoy okay one thing I, I will say I did enjoy about this book is sort of um, the the bone keeper. Mm. I liked that character. I liked sort of the challenge that that character provided. The bone keeper is this sort of like, I just, I genuinely don't even know because there's another evil kind of scary creature. that ex- The weaver. Oh my God. That exists some, like carver. somewhere. Bone carver. Oh. Okay, the bone carver. My apologies to everyone. The bone keeper. The bone carver is this like very all-powerful being who is a prisoner to the night court, I think. I think the night court because he's hidden in the library the at the bottom carver? of the library. The bone carver is at the bottom of the library, no, right? No, the, the monster that starts with the B who the, the bone carver is in that prison. We met the bone carver in book two. Um, yeah, we did. Yes, but he's in the giant prison. At the bottom of the library is some spirit that, remember, Cassian went down once and he got so freaked out and he wouldn't even tell Reese about it. And then she and Nesta go to the bottom of the library yeah. when trying to escape the ravens. But what is that thing called? Is it like the, the, the bog or the, like the board? The, the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The... <laughs> okay. So basically there okay, are... Also, if y'all, if y'all <laughs> don't know this book, reminder... This is about sex. This book is about sex, but there This book are is about so sex. many things. There's to so many to get to the sex. To get to to and also to like I think just to make sure that like none of our favorite characters die or if they do there's like a way to get them out of that ultimate situation. Mm. Do we want to talk about the most egregious scene to both of us? Yeah. The one that really, really... Um, Is it the same I for think, us or do you have a different yeah, one? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It's the same. So we haven't really experienced a ton of like battle, like battle, like real like in fighting and like people are using swords and flying, I guess. But we we experience a battle. It's like our first one. It's not the big one. It's like a little one because the King of Highburn attacks the Summer Court. And it's it's bad. People are dying, Kim. Yeah. And I mean, everyone else dies, but none of none of the found family dies. They're all fine. They're all totally fine. And whilst 
Walls, because, because this series is all about the sex. It's all about getting <sighs> Feyre and Rhysand to just touch each other's bodies in, in all the ways that they can. Tat each other up. <laughs> While this battle is still happening, the two of them retire to a tent in the in, in the middle of a battle camp. And Feyre, in very great detail, in very vague great detail, gives Rhysand a blowjob. And it is it is specifically mentioned that like the the connection and like the sort of feelings that this is evoking are drowning out <laughs> the screams <laughs> of agony and like the sounds of battle. <laughs> and I, Rebecca and I were texting yesterday, and I'm like, people are dying, Farah. It's not the time. Not now. I And these are supposed to be the most powerful people in the whole world. And they're just sucking dick in a tent. <laughs> like literally the page before she was like, I was going throughout the battle camps and holding people as they screamed and, you know, like pop in socket, like pop in yeah. the arms back into the socket. Like that's what she had just been doing. And, and then... She then, didn't, and and that's when that's when it like really lost me because I was kind of like yeah. Sarah, pick a lane, pick a lane, Sarah. Also, just like read the room, <laughs> like you you wrote this room. Now read it. Read it. They're in a tent, a tent. So I would say that's like the last fun, funny moment of the entire series. Because for the for the rest of the for the rest of the entire book, it's just either a deeply upsetting. That was like halfway deep, through. It's either something deeply upsetting, or something so convoluted and convenient you like can't take it seriously. I I think we should. There's not really that much to recap in terms of the specific events. I do think we should kind of like maybe cover like how the story ends, kind of like where everybody ends up, because I know you're all really caring about this found family and like how they do defeat the King of Highburn. And if they unite all the, um, the, the courts um, and the answer is yes, they do. I just want to talk about the fact that we found out Lucian's dad is the oh, and 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 Farah is the only person who's ever noticed this. That that one of the we find like, out that Lucian is like a bastard son, like Dawn Court or Sun Court. Yeah. Or something. So now he and gets to be like the High Lord of the Lucian's dad. That yeah. really oh my gosh. me out. Oh, okay. Before we end, we do have to cover more. More. So now. So in this sort of, like, I don't know if you felt this way, Rebecca, mm. but um, I was beginning to believe that heterosexuality was the only possibility 
in this world of so many beautiful sexual beings, it seems like everything is motivated by a male and a female needing to mate with one another. And and I know I famously assumed that Lucian was gay. He's not. But but his dad I wasn't is off by. But his dad is bye bye birdie. Our coolest girl in the world more who is just like so fun and cool and like sleeps around and like has this sort of like thing with Asriel. Asriel, right? Yep, the spy. The spy. Um, where he clearly loves her and up, up until it, she loves him, but they like can't be together, I guess. And so Farah and Moore, because of something that Farah does, Moore gets really upset with her. Farah goes. I don't know. This is Farah goes. She yeah. like, can't stay I in place. Go. She has to go. She has to go. And Moore is really upset about that. So her and Farah get into a big old fight. Um, and this is sort of like also in the middle of like the most heightened battle sequence. And this is not an exaggeration. For like 10 pages, yeah. more monologues about she comes out. Why? She comes out of the cauldron. <laughs> more is gay. M- well, more is bi. More is bi. More is queer. More is queer. She likes, she loves women. She enjoys having sex with men. But she fell in love with a mortal woman and her homophobic dad. It, her homophobic family would just never allow that. And so, in a way that. You're like, it's like, yes, awesome. Love, give me a gay character, please. But it comes at such a, out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. like out of nowhere in the most inconvenient spot. And she rants, she monologues for 10 pages Mm -hmm. about this entire story, her coming out story. And, And it serves no purpose well the only but except that like asriel who it it was done to upset the the stands because what's interesting from what i've like learned from fan art and talking to people every i I think someone said like daddy as or something like people love the spy people love asriel and so i feel like a a quiet quiet bad boy quiet tortured bad boy like if reese thought he was a quiet tortured but no 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 no, asriel doesn't say anything and never says a single scars on his hands you know and um and so what pisses me off is everyone knows that asriel has been pining for more for five Hundred hundred years, years, and more. I understand that her family is homophobic, and I'm very sorry for that. And I understand that's it. That's actually the the last part. But, I and understand. That, and I, and why I, couldn't and, she <laughs> tell Asriel that? Yeah, so he could like move on. So he could move on. Instead, he's been. I I maybe I missed something, but. Why? I just, it just felt like perhaps people were like, Sarah, why don't you have any gay characters in your movie, in your film, in your books? Mm -hmm. And she was like, did you know Dumbledore was gay the whole time? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know more? 
Um, so that um, did you know Dumbledore was actually gay the whole time? And I planned it that way. Uh, that's what it's giving. Yeah. It's giving that for me. I did actually kind of like, uh, uh, like laugh out loud during the scene where they are there. It's the found family again, and they're about to like it's like the battle's about to happen, and they're all like saying their goodbyes to one another. And Feyre's like, "Resand, I didn't get you." an engagement present like in this like sort of like coy like flirty little tone and he's like what what are you talking about we're about to go to battle Feyre and and she's like well I thought I would give you this and she like unglamours a tattoo that she'd gotten down her back which was the phases of the moon and he's like Feyre that is amazing and perfect, and I love it. But we are about to go to battle, so thank you. And then she's like, "But what if? But what if the bone carver was here? What if there was a? <laughs> There's more!" <laughs> and all of a sudden, the bone carver just like bursts from the shadows or whatever. I don't even I don't even know how he appears. And then Rhysan goes, well, if you thought that was good, I guess maybe I have a present for you. And then it's like, boom, out of the shadow, out of a puff of smoke, the weaver arrives. And so this like, you know, ragtag. Uh, Team of uh, monsters. Yeah. They, um, now it's like, ooh. Ooh, all the all the high fae, all the Prithian people. Actually, we've got like more on our side than we thought we ever would. We get a, a classic uh, Sarah J. Maas twist. This one actually did get me. I went, <gasps> I went when this when this was revealed. But um, I don't know if we've talked about this, but there is like a cauldron. And Rebecca, would you say the rules of the cauldron are specified in any way, shape, or form? No, I wouldn't say really, Maddie. No. I feel like the cauldron is sort of like an easy bake oven, an evil easy bake oven of um, necessary plot points. And because the King of Highburn has access to the cauldron, the girls... The girls, Nesta, Elaine, and Farah, who were the ones, especially Farah, uh, Nesta and Elaine, were the ones most recently in the cauldron. They would be the ones to, to do something to the cauldron so the king can't have it. Uh, Omrin, who's our all-powerful but wicked, uh, Alex Borstein, mm-hmm. she is, she's been, who drinks cups of blood. Uh, she's really cool. She has been reading a book that has magic and it's sort of informed how to do things, but good, good, important magic. Right. And so, uh, all four of these ladies go to the cauldron. They, they find the cauldron and, Amrin's doing like her little spell and then all of a sudden like the battle's going on and like 
bad things start happening. Like Farah feels like she's like losing her powers. Like she's like, oh, I feel bad. And Amran's like, <laughs> sorry, babe. <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, I've been a double agent this whole time. And I um, I went behind your back. And I'm sorry I had to do this. Dun, dun, dun. Found family um, No, found family no. And so um, – and and you're like, oh, my gosh, whoa. Like she really went there. Like, whoa. Like this girl – like – we loved Amren. Like she, she was one of the girlies. I cannot believe that she would backstab the found family like this and, and basically like um, be on the king of Highburn's side. It's devastating. Everyone's devastated. But fortunately, this devastation happens for a total of two seconds because actually what's happening is she so was doing up. a <laughs> what is it? <laughs> so, scratch that, flip it, reverse it. <laughs> That's exactly what Amra did. That's exactly what she did. Where actually she was like, ooh, um, no, I just needed to do this so I could release myself from my fairy form and become even more of like the sort of um, non-corporeal, like powerful form and help win this battle. You want to know what's so crazy? is you'd think that with the bone carver, the weaver, Omrin, and all the fighters that they have, there couldn't be anyone else who shows up to save the day. No, I think we're done. No, that's like that's like so many things. That's, it. that's all the things. That's it. But wouldn't you know? All of a sudden, three ships are seen on the horizon. Three battleships, big battleships on the horizon. And all the fairies are like, what? Where did that come from? Who is that? Oh my God, what is that? Turns out, Farah has a dad who, um, I don't know how, sourced and funded um, three giant battleships worth of soldiers to come and assist his high fae daughters in defeating the king of Highburn's army. Does father get a name? No, he does not. So daddy, daddy backbone shows up. He saves the day with all of his warriors Somehow he gets to the girls, um, and then he gets murdered. And then by the king of Highburn. And then daddy dies. And then daddy dies. But then won't you know, won't you freaking know, then the king of Highburn gets stabbed, I think, through the throat. Through, through the throat. By... by Elaine, <laughs> who has been completely incapable of doing anything. anything. She's been anything. crying. So, like, imagine this, like, don 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 And she's crying in there going, my fiancé, he doesn't yeah. love me anymore. 
Yeah. So um, that's what Elaine's been doing for a very long time. And then she just decides to step out of the tent and she's like, uh-oh. And she's like, she's like, <laughs> it's like that vine that's like, what do you have in your hand? A knife. That's <laughs> what Elaine, that's what Elaine does. <laughs> so Elaine, finally. And I, I remember when that happened, I was just like, what? Okay. Like I was really disappointed Did- because like King of Highburn, like he's he couldn't have been that hard to kill if Elaine did it. You know? Yeah, it, it's like it's kind of like he just didn't realize she just, was behind him. Like that's it. That's it. We do get a fun scene with Feyre. So after Amrin twist twists back and she's like good again. Like she was like, ooh, I I betrayed you. And then she's like, oh, I'm just kidding. I didn't. And Vera was like, okay, awesome. She somehow is like connected to the cauldron and she's able to like see what's happening everywhere inside the cauldron. And there's this whole sequence where like she's getting chased um, by like the King of Highburn's army. Oh no, maybe... I don't even remember if this is Nesta or Feyre, but um, she's getting chased by the King of Highburn and uh, a beast, a beast, a beast um, shows up in like the pack of like dogs. It's it's not an army. He's They're getting chased by Highburn's dogs. Um, and there's a beast amongst the pack and she like looks and she's like, I remember those eyes. And it's Tammy. It's our Tammy Tamlin. And he kind of, I guess this is like his, his moment of reckoning, um, where he like kind of fends off the dogs. So like Farrah can escape or someone can escape. And so like now Tamlin's good. Um, he was bad and he allied with the King of Highburn. And now in the cauldron or did this happen in the real world? I don't remember. This is, I, this is hard guys. This is hard. We get to the end of this story and it all comes back to the cauldron. So we bust up the cauldron. But I don't know if you guys have picked up on this, but the cauldron is like really important. It's sort of like gravity, I guess. Like if someone just broke gravity, it'd be like, ooh, I'm glad, you know, like a, a dictator doesn't have control of gravity, but now no one does. And so they have to like put the cauldron back together. And so Feyre and Brissand use their collective combined powers to put the cauldron back together. And Resand, in some capacity, like, dies. Yeah. Like, Resand like, l- uses all the power he has left. And the to, whole like, time he's doing this. it, I'm imagining, like, like you know, Ghost, where they're making the pot yes. together. And I feel like the whole he's time like, he's like, I love he's you. He's like, I love you. I know, he keeps saying, like, I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, my gosh. I, I was like... <laughs> like banging my head against the wall. I was like, oh my God. Okay, so Rhysand dies, right? So he's dead. And I was like, whoa, Sarah, like you you really you, you did there. that. You killed you went there. You killed you killed your main lead. I was like, that takes balls. Like I impressive, impressive. In this world, when people are dead, that's just it. There's no coming back to life. 
Mm-mm. And Farah loses her mind and she starts yelling at all the high lords. And she says, you did it to me. You brought me back to life. Sore. You can do it to Resand. And they're like, no, we can't. And she's like, yes, you can. And they're like, okay, I guess we can. And so all the little lords line up in, you know, in their fairy rainbow pattern and they go boop and they give them, they give them a little boop of magic. And Pharaoh, because she's a high lady now, she can give him a little boop of magic. Everyone just gives him a little bit of boop of magic. And then like, wouldn't you know it, he comes back to life. And he immediately says something very like, (laughs) hello, Pharaoh, darling. Yes. (sighs) And so that's literally where we leave it. Like Nesta and Cassian, kiss um they have they finally kiss but that's all they do elaine and lucian there's no resolution there there's no resolution with elaine or asriel because we did pick up on that a teeny tiny bit the day is saved the like the king of highburn the wall is good um lucian's the high lord of the dawn court and yeah that's it yeah Good job. That's literally it. Um, so let's do a little palate cleanser, Rebecca. I think this will be fun for us. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. That was so fun. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I loved discussing it with you. These characters are very beloved to people. They are. We talked a little bit about uh, in our – previous episode about our sort of fascination with Farah as a main character and her being not liked by us mm-hmm. and not liked by the fandom. Um, but because we got more of an access to uh, like just a wider range of female characters in this one, we were talking about how we sort of found ourselves um, having a bit of like a, a, an identity, a confrontation with our identities mm-hmm based on these characters. And so I thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about that and then really put it to the test, if you will, um, and take an Akatar personality quiz to see which of the members of the found family we are. Mm-hmm. I, I know you said you um, – found yourself really relating to Elaine, maybe in some not great ways. maybe not exactly relating to Elaine, but I was finding myself getting very frustrated with Elaine, you know, very just like, come on, Elaine, stop being so stupid, you know? And I was um, texting, I was like ranting to a friend. I was like, I hate Elaine. She's so boring. She's so mopey. I am Elaine. I am mopey. I, I, I am a little, I would say I'm a little bit of a mopester. But what's interesting is I I pride myself in being someone that really sees who, like, uh, I'm very self-aware. I think I yeah. am. But I have been processing, even just recently, that I think I see myself as someone very, like, uh, internal, like, sickly, poorly shy. And then yeah. I think the world sees me much more um, – 
not in that way. Because yeah. when you said you're like, I really feel like Elaine, I was like, what? I, I think I – okay. I guess I don't know what it is, but I think like internal – I think it's like because I do – like I have spent um, – like Matt, Maddie called me Monday night, you know, and I spoke with her and I have talked to my family since. But Maddie, since the last time I saw you and the time I'm talking to you now, I have not seen another soul. And right. I've – loved it and I think like right. I think it's like to the world I give off a very different energy but in my own home um where I feel the most like myself I think that's where my Elaine maybe mm. shines through is maybe what I'm trying to say um but it's interesting because Maddie was like no you're you're Lucian you're you're yeah. a you're a jokester you're cracking again. Yeah, you're a little you're a little sassy and you know, and you can be a little you can be a little hopeless romantic at times. Like yeah. Yeah. So I think um you know you it's just interesting because like how I see myself as like a hopeless romantic as in I'm gonna sit and stare out of a window and just uh, quote weird poetry I just came up with on the spot. You know You, I, I, I could see you being content to do that for maybe like thirty minutes, and then you'd be like, "Ah, I gotta go. I, I gotta go jump up and down. (laughs) I gotta go. I gotta go on a walk." Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, well, you said something that I thought was interesting, and I, I was like, "Ooh, like, why does this like unsettle me?" Or when we were talking about this, you're like, "Oh, like you're kind of Farah," and I was like, "Ugh." Gross. No. I don't like that at all. Because I feel like it just means that I'm like boring and basic. And I'm just sort of like a conduit for uh, other people to be interesting around me. And I like somehow, yeah, I, I, um, I do kind of really – I think there is a part of me that relates to Nesta in – I think like my, your version of Elaine that's inside you is like my – there is a, a part, a deep part of me that is like so nasty and angry and like it's not something that ever comes out but it is this sort of like unrealized uh, – uh, sort of like the basis of every like impulse and thought. It, when I'm at my unhealthiest, kind of comes from a much angrier place. And I think it's kind of that whatever, like whatever that is inside of us, is it's often like, oh, if people only knew, you know, yeah. if people only knew about those those thoughts or those um, immediate instincts towards something, like you wouldn't think that about me. And I'm sorry I hurt your feelings with uh Oh my God. No, Vera. you didn't. I was like I was like No, oh. I just think you're like lead character coded. <laughs> That's so <sighs> And you you make a lot of decisions. You're always I like, do make a lot of decisions. I'm making lots of choices. So I know we can we can hypothesize and mm-hmm. discuss yeah. till the cows come home. But I think we should really have a sort of like clinical diagnosis that happens. Um, so I would like us both to take the um, which Akatar character quiz are you 
at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So our first question is, if you could live in any Prithian territory besides the night court, where would you choose? The day court, the dawn court, the summer court, the winter court, the autumn court, the spring court. If I can't have the night court, I don't want anything. Forget Prithian. I want to go to the continent. I don't know why anyone would want to go to the continent. We do not have any context of what is there. Um, (sighs) The thing is, I think I kind of – I think I'd kind of want to go to the spring court. See, I kind of do too. No, I think you're kind of summer court. You like grew up by the ocean. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. That makes sense. And you're totally the autumn court. You're just saying autumn because of my hair. But you're right. I am autumn court. Okay. Okay. Do you want to read the next question? Yes, I do. Okay. Choose a flower. And then in parentheses it says, I recommend Googling them if you're not sure what they are. Okay. Um, Rose, honeysuckle, jasmine, sunflower, poppy, foxglove, peony, iris. Ooh. You know, I think I'm going to pick poppy. Mm-hmm. I love a poppy. Also, California state flower. I this makes sense. I'm gonna go with peony. Do you think oh, I should do rose yeah. or peony? No, I think you should do peony because I that actually is what I thought. Okay, I then then we'll stick with what you thought I was gonna do. Okay, you go. Okay, number three. You are cutting through an enemy court and you find yourself confronted by multiple hostile fae. How do you deal with them? Attack immediately with my magic. Attack immediately with my melee weapon. Attempt to reason with them. Find a way to distract while I flee, hide, and send for help. Keep walking. My reputation precedes me. Threaten them with your court's influence and power. Attack them by winnowing in and out with your daggers. Convince them I am not who they think I am. Not an enemy. To me, the the answer seems pretty obvious because if I have magic, I'm just going to attack them with my magic. But what if they have more magic? I have the most (laughs) magic. But do you? I think – I think (laughs) – what I'm going to say is the last answer is very gaslight. (laughs) That is – and famously, that is me. Um Let's see. I think I I think I would do threaten them with your court's influence and power. That's what you would do, or that's what I would yeah. do. Yeah. No, I would threaten them with my court's influence you would. and power. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I think really I would. Mm, wait, I can do this. No, I would attack them with my magic. All right, let's keep going. Okay, no, go for it, go for it. I have okay. magic. You I'm going to use it. Okay. Yeah. How do you handle a disagreement with a loved one? I avoid them until they apologize or we both get over it, forget. I step away for a while and return after processing my feelings. Um, I get in their face. I know how to win an argument. That doesn't go together. Um, I often can't help but get emotional, often crying or yelling. I try to understand their perspective and calmly explain my own. I just let them win. It's almost (laughs) never worth fighting. Um, I can get pretty mean and or I tend to escalate our fight with a larger conflict. These are a lot. Um, I agree to disagree, accepting that we may feel differently without dropping my stance. I think I am at my healthiest. I try to understand their perspective and calmly explain my own. 
which I think is usually how I handle disagreement, less healthy, avoid them. <laughs> I, I was, I'm, but I think I've, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of situations recently. Um, not a lot, but I've had a, a few disagreements and I feel like what I have done is try to understand their perspective and calmly explain my own. I, um, I was going to say, I agree with you for myself and I don't, um, I have decided to switch to, I step away for a while and return after processing my own feelings. Yeah. I have a lot of, I think that's good. I I have a lot of really big feelings and I have a little bit of trauma of being like held accountable for the big feelings in the moment. And so I try really hard to wait for them to dissipate first. Okay. You go. I think that's – okay. Number five, choose a fabric. Once again, Google is your friend. (laughs) Silk, leather, cotton, velvet, chiffon, brocade, wool, fur. Ooh. Why is this hard? I'm doing brocade because you like a lot of fabrics. I do really like fabrics. I I think I'm going to choose velvet because I think I'd like to enjoy silk, but I think I am drawn more to velvet. Mm-hmm. And brocade is just floral patterns for the most part. Yeah. So, Okay. What quality do you look for first in a friend? A oh. good sense of humor, trustworthiness, loyalty, intelligence. It's just us. Capacity it's for creating us. and maintaining fun and outstanding talent or skill, kindness, style. I do think first is probably a good sense of humor. I think so too. Yeah. Because a good – I think all the other things are negotiable. Yeah. <laughs> I But I can't negotiate a good sense of humor. I refuse. What if like – what if you were just like <laughs> style and I was like, ha, ha, ha. No, like what really? And you're like, like no. Style. Like sense of – That's it. It's style. Sense of style. I, because it like – it, it also, like, if you have a good sense of humor, that means, like, you're going to deal with, like, trauma, sadness, intelligence. I just, like, all the other all the other ones, like, I could – I can have friends without those things, mm-hmm. but I don't think I can have a friend without a good sense of humor. <laughs> I think so, too. Okay, you go. Okay, choose the throne of glass character. Ooh. Okay, so we don't know anything about this, and I think we should just – pick which name we like the best. Okay. So Throne of Glass is the uh, Sarah J. Maas Cinderella retelling. So choose the Throne of Glass character with whom you would like to be friends. Oh, gosh. Aelin Galathinus, Dorian Havillard, Rowan Whitethorn, Kyle Westfall, Manon Blackbeak, Elide Lachen, Lysandra, or Lar- Lorcan Salvatore. I I feel like I did a pretty good job. That was really good. I'm going to go with Elide Locken. I'm going to go with Dorian Havillard. They're they're really good names. Okay. I think they're good. That was the one. Actually, no, I'm going to go with Man and Blackbeak because that one was the most fun to say. Okay. Go with that. Um, Just a few more questions, y'all. Um, yeah. Eight. How might you describe your aesthetic? Honestly, I would probably just never describe my aesthetic. <laughs> Um, that's one of the answers, y'all. Uh, sexy and colorful, luxurious, confident, but understated, chic and cool, cute, but practical. I'm either very glamorous or very casual. And there is no in between. 
um, dark witchy and or bohemian. Um, Ooh, cute but practical. Mine is I'm either very glamorous or very casual and there's yeah. no in between. Yes. Okay, number nine. If you could do any one thing with zero negative consequences, what would it be? <laughs> Tell someone close to me a deep and long withheld truth. Rob a bank or steal from my favorite stores. I would get even with someone who was terrible to me. I would quit my job and max out my credit cards to travel somewhere interesting. I would park in a no parking zone or something equally small but irksome. Something wild like streaking down a city. I would tell a whole lot of people what I really think of them. This would be an opportunity to make a big political or humanitarian statement. Rob a bank. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I love how you were just waiting to finish so you could immediately say Rob. I mean, I think rob a bank would be fun. I mean, I think it's quit my job, max out my credit cards, and travel somewhere interesting because I just there think, are no like, consequences. But – I guess like so I would like yeah I would stay in a I would stay in like I because I've never like traveled in style you know mm, so I would want to mm -hmm. like I I like what's first class like what's a really yeah. really nice hotel like in France you know I I've never gotten to I just do feel that like if I robbed a bank I'd get out I get to do all of those things with the money I had yeah no I just have to like I, I think I'd have to – I don't like traveling that much. And if I have to keep traveling in order to sustain the the no-job maxing credit cards lifestyle, yeah. I would just be very bleak. No, no consequences though. But here's the thing. I've never traveled rich. Um, mm. I've, I've traveled quite a bit, but I've never traveled with a lot of money. And I would like to experience that. Mm. Okay. Okay. Lastly, who is your favorite main-ish Akator character? Amarin, Azriel, Cassian, Elaine, Feyre, or Reese? Duh. That's one option. That doesn't make sense. Y'all, one of the options is Feyre or is Reese. Is Feyre or Reese. Duh. Duh. That doesn't make sense. Um, Lucian, Moore, Nesta. Uh, this is tough because I don't like any of them. I don't really like any of them. I guess I Lucian. Think, I think I'm gonna choose Nesta. She is good because because at least she's like interesting. At least I feel like she's the only one who isn't. She's one of the only ones who isn't like a like a one note. Okay, I gotta know your answer. I gotta know. Okay, okay, we're submitting now. Man, foot in mouth, team. Foot in mouth. Who did you get? What did you get? I got seventy eight percent. Feyre. <gasps> I got 80% Omrin. Okay, I want you to read I want you to read yours. And then 72% was Lucian, and then 58% under that was Elaine. So it's Feyre, Lucian, Elaine. You and then were I got Reese so and whoa. My and do you know who I'm the least like? Amrin. Who? I'm the least like Azriel. Oh. Okay, I wanna I want you to read your, your description. Oh, okay. Great. All right. So you are empathetic, creative, and introverted. No. 
Um, you will always no. choose serenity over upheaval, but you are also fiercely protective of your life and loved ones. While you have yes. an artistic soul, you are also a prag- pragmat- pragmatist. Pragmatist? Pragmatist. And are often the one who steps up when something unpleasant or difficult needs to happen. You love spending time with your close family and friends and often find yourself playing peacemaker in many situations. That being said, you also have a tendency to meddle and to protect your own inter interpretations on to others. Your friends, family members, coworkers, and acquaintances are grateful to have you in their lives. I feel like that's all true. <laughs> I don't think you're ready for mine. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm ready. Some people find you intimidating, but those people just can't appreciate your gravitas. You take absolutely no bullshit. And like Anesta, you prefer bluntness over kindness. Unlike Nesta, you believe there's merit in keeping certain things hush-hush, and you tend towards cruelty more out of a desire to test and challenge others than to push them away. You are protective of the things you believe in and the people you love, and people often come to you when they need a reality check. You aren't afraid of confrontation, which makes you very different from most people. And you have excellent taste. You're not quite like anyone else, and you don't want to be. I feel like every sentence got less and less um, relatable. No, and like the first sentence started off really badly as well. Like I could not be less like um, Amren. No. But I feel like your read was very correct. Yeah, but also I feel like my read would have also applied to you. Um yeah. I, I feel like it was very, like, main character, like, yeah, yeah. Well, now we know. Now we know that, who we um, really are. Though. Now we are. Now we know who we – I'm I'm Amren and you're Feyre. Twist. What a twist. Twist. What a twist. Uh, Lonely Girls, if you would like to also know which Akatar character well, you are, we'll include this link in our – Insta stories, mm-hmm. so you guys can take it for yourself. We'd love to know. Um, we'd love to know who you are, mm-hmm. specifically through the lens of this wonderful book series that we had a fantastic time getting through. Yeah, I um, and one thing I didn't say earlier, but what is so interesting about this series, real fast, okay, real fast, I want you to rank from the three we've read your favorite to least favorite. Mine is okay. two, one, three. What's yours? Exactly the same. Okay. So two, one, three. And what's so interesting is when I read one, I was like, yeah, cool. This is fun. I'll go to two. But other people are like, just get through the first. And then someone else messaged me and said, I loved the first. And then I stopped because I hated the second. And then people will get to the third. And one of our friends was like, I stopped midway through the third. And then other people have said, I like the third so much better than the second. It's so interesting how how divisive it is. People are like, and most people really hate one of them and um we really well and i do think and we really hate the third i do think that it is a series that i think 
was thought out in different phases of the author's um, exposure to fans' approval of the book. And instead of it being a satisfying conclusion where things planted in the first book were paid off in the third book, it felt like I could never really trust where the narrative was going Mm -hmm. or what information I would be introduced to because it would either be completely forgotten as like a plot hole or would be resolved in a completely like convenient, convoluted way. And I think my favorite part about the second book and I think why the second book was fun at all too to read was because there was this fun, sexy chemistry mm-hmm. with our two leads, which completely evaporated in the third book None. and was not picked up by anybody else and I, in the series. And I kept waiting for Lucian or Elaine or Asriel. Or Nesta or, ne- or Cassian. I think I, literally, the way that Cassian and Nesta carried this sexual tension was it a lot if they but no dragged us across that finish line y'all if sarah j moss had done like a different perspective bounce around in this book where we got like i would have died for nesta's Mm -hmm. perspective and then swapped to cassian's Mm -hmm. and then swapped back to pharaoh's actually i would have loved it just from nesta's perspective Which but I think that's what the fifth book is. The Christmas the Christmas surprise. No, I don't think the Christmas surprise is from Nesta's. I think the the like flame one is. Oh. See that's well, you know, to I don't want to hear that there are more books mm-hmm. because then I will be tempted to. See, that's my problem is y'all once I we, just kind of I just kind of want to know what happens, but I also don't. I want to I want to be f- done with these characters. I want a satisfying <sighs> ending. And I didn't feel like I got a satisfying ending at all. I just I, w- I want to read the next one. <laughs> I think listen, no, y'all, we're not reading it anytime <laughs> soon. We're not reading it, but maybe we'll. But um, maybe we'll get a little crazy. Maybe we'll get a little crazy. And also, famously, there's a Christmas novella, um, which I'm now understanding. My friend EO said one of the books feels like fanfic. Um, yeah, and it feels like and Sarah J. Mass is writing fanfic of herself. And uh, from what so I've if heard you're interested of- in that, <laughs> so we're I check it out. I don't unless we get desperate for a Christmas episode. I exactly. do not expect it. Okay. Well, Maddie, thank you so much. This is – thank you so much for um, – the best part crawl. about this book was getting to talk uh, to you about been, it. And I would I would crawl through many cauldrons of uh, Maddie to I would, be able to talk yeah. to you about uh, the Akatar books. Anything. Yes. Literally <laughs> anything. anything. Um, if, uh, if our – and thank you, Lonely Girls, for listening to us talk to one another mm-hmm. uh we love you so much it's been so fun hearing your thoughts about the first book and the first episode um we are excited to hear any and all thoughts you have about the series as a whole rebecca if they want to um 
that just like look at you and think you're great and um like see you online Mm -hmm. and like a cool fun sexy way like where can they find you Um, they can follow me on instagram at rebecca botter and on tiktok um at botter rebecca and uh what about what about you maddie you all can find me on instagram at turner madeline on tiktok at madeline turner and if you would like to follow us uh you know, our our own little found family, if you will, the Lonely Girls Podcast. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Lonely Girls Podcast mm-hmm. and on TikTok, Lonely Girls Podcast. Yes. And if as you're wrapping up and you're maybe going back to your podcast listening app to select a new podcast to listen to, please leave us uh, five stars. While you're please. while you're clicking back on Spotify to please. scroll and find something else, please, 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 um, it really means a lot to us, uh, and it reminds us to keep going. And we love yes. you guys so much. Thank you so much. And as always, remember to stay lonely, but not alone. Bye. Bye. Sweet sad songs. Sweet sad songs.